Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. And we are here celebrating 45 years of Dory Shafir, everybody. Said it out loud. You know why? She's not ashamed because since I've met her, I thought she was 44. That's right. I was hitting the wrong button. I was going to hit the air horn for you, honey. Wow. You're going to get an air horn birthday. Where, where's the air horn? Well, I mean, I'll give you this instead. Happy birthday, Dory. You did it. Thank you. Oh, there's the air horn. All right. Celebrate. It's five lines wow. of dialogue. We okay. celebrate whenever a guest actor gets that much dialogue on the show. Oh. <laughs> How often does that happen? Uh, on Star Trek, not as often as you think it was going mean, to. I really like to pay people under five. Is five a line where you have to get paid more? Yeah. Oh. So, you know. It's sort of like how places will schedule people for like 29 hours a week so they don't have to pay them as full timers. or Bingo. Something. Bango, bongo. In every industry, that's a thing. Yep. Up to and including the podcasting industry. 
which is why we're, we're going to say goodbye. Keep this one under <laughs> 29 hours today. Um, yeah, Matt got me a new, te- Matt, Matt and Henry got me a new uh, tennis backpack. I mean, we didn't know how to, I've been, by the way, I've been order. I've been planning on getting you that bag for a very long time. Really? Yeah, I ordered it two months ago. What? Yes. Wow. So. Why does it take so long? You know, I feel like tennis is a little bit like golf in its pandemicness. Mm. I think there was a pandemic boom for mm. outdoor individual sports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, where people were six feet apart from each other and. But you could still interact with other people. Yeah. Yeah. So, like there was a huge golf boom and like. You know, things that used to take now, you know, like a week or something now take two months. Right. Mm. Wow, she's already online checking how much it costs. No, I'm not. I'm just looking. I was seeing if it's still back ordered. I don't care how much it costs. Is it back ordered still? It does not seem to be back ordered. The gray is sold out, Mm. but the black seems to be available. Well, I say order it and then watch how long it takes to ship. (laughs) Uh, that that is pretty. That's pretty rude when they don't tell you how long something will take. That's true because like it was available when I ordered it too. Oh, now the plot thickens. Uh, I'll have to look it up. See when I ordered it actually. Uh, I ordered it in April. Okay. All right. Well, didn't ship till the tenth of May. Correct. Wow. And wow. that is our discussion about Dory's birthday presents. <laughs> it's a it's a very nice bag. It's a vessel bag, which I guess is apparently a thing. It's a thing in the golf world as well as in the tennis world. I don't have a vessel bag personally, nor do I really want one. Wow. But because I have 10 other bags. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? Dory deserves a tennis bag now that she has proven that she tennises. <laughs> well, I needed to prove it to you? No, no, to yourself. Oh, to myself. I see, I see. Yeah, you sometimes would take up a lot of hobbies in previous times and, and not continue with them. Like what? Um, like when you did um, stitching, cross-stitching for a little while. Remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you remember when you um, were a puzzler? You were like, I'm going to do puzzles a lot. You know, I would still... I Excuse would, me. I would still do puzzles if we had room to do them. I am them. talking about your hobbies that you have abandoned. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. Um, do you remember when you took up the French horn? No, I don't. Mm, that's how fast that one was. Because I... I've got to turn off this air conditioner so that it doesn't make the annoying sounds for everybody. Hope your heat wave's going well. <sighs> Not so bad today. Only eighty something, eighty one. Um, it's seventy seven right now. Well, cool me down and call me temperate. Um, what's new with you other than getting me a birthday present? Um, I got you a birthday trip. You did. You got me a birthday trip. We're not on it yet. Nope. We're podcasting. Yep. While Henry naps. Yep. And then we'll be leaving. Yep. For an undisclosed location nearby, but far enough. We're gonna let we're gonna let Bo and Mary Jane watch the house. Yeah. Which means that Bo will just 
sleep and get pizza, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going up. We're going up to the Santa Barbara area for what what I would describe as a max and relaxing time with a three year old. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do? It's not like, we, not like we can go drop them off at a grandparent's house. Yeah. It's not like we can have them uh, drive on over. <laughs> Distance. Whatever. That'd be such a luxury. It really would. Honestly. Could you imagine? Barely. Do you even under... I don't even know what that would be like. No, I don't either. Oh, man. Anyway, hope you're all watching the economy's collapse around the globe and having a good time with that. Don't forget to support our sponsor, whoever they might be. <laughs> For as long as they hang around. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, it's a dark world out there right now. Not to be a downer, but I like drove out of my way to get gas for six twenty five a gallon today because I was like, that's the cheapest gas around. Yeah. I mean... I mean, it doesn't help that my car, like, I have to put premium gas in it, but still. That's just what Volvo tells you. Could be a sham. You know, you are the one who always lectured me about... Put in what it says. Yes, exactly. That way we can't void the warranty. Yeah, so I put in premium gas. Just saying, what if it's, like, a big scam? Well, I mean, there are people who say it is a big scam. I mean, I think the scam is, like, if your car specifically does not say you must put premium gas in this car. Putting premium gas in is not going to well, actually, help it. Some cars actually premium gas that aren't built for it actually hinders the car. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, my car is like, at minimum, please, please, 91 octane. I'm like, minimum? It's the most you can find in California. Well, like, I feel like every other state you can get 93. Yeah. California, with our emission standards and our gas refineries... And our taxes on gasoline. Uh, but hey, you know, we got a $97 billion surplus, so way to go us. We have abortion rights. Save it for the wildfires. I, I mean, seriously. You see all those, there were some like fancy houses in uh, Orange County that got burned burned down. That got burned down? What that do you burned mean? down from a wildfire. Oh, no, I didn't see that. In Laguna Niguel. Oh, I read a thing briefly about the big houses. Caught, like, yeah. Part of the problem was these houses were just enormous. And, oh, was that part of the problem? And the spacing between them or something. It was like. Well, they were built. I guess they were built in this canyon like before new fire safety building codes went mm. into effect. So, yeah. So, they were they were probably not built to code. Mm-hmm. So this is this is these are the kinds of things we have to think about when living in California. Although I did just read, speaking of other natural disasters in other parts of the country, houses in the Outer Banks are just getting washed away. What are the Outer Banks of North Carolina? I see. Ay ay ay. Guys, we hope you're all doing well <laughs> and not doomed. Oh boy. It's kind of like the thing that we thought was going to happen four years ago is happening now. In what sense? Oh, just the grand upheaval and 
Oh, sure, sure. I guess these things time, they take time to simmer. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think the stage had been set. Oh, yes. You know. We are generally n- try not to be so down. Do we? Dour. You told me I'm a pessimist. Well, you are endlessly so. Any updates on IVF? Speaking of pessimism? No. Nope. I mean, water, water was good and uh, you're ready to go. We're just waiting for, you know. Your Aunt Flo to visit. My Aunt Flo. All right. Um, which should be, let's look at the calendar. Uh, should be in about, wait, no, that's the wrong date. Sorry. One, two, three. I mean, could be as soon as the end of next week. So anybody out there who has the pool going. End of next week has very good odds. Um, Which would mean, which would probably put us around the end of the second week of June for transfer. You know, we still haven't gotten the Henry. Henry was August 6th, I believe. Yeah, I think he was August 6th. I remember transfer being around August 6th. I don't remember which one it was. You, what do you mean, which one? Which transfer? Oh, that was his transfer. I mean, I can tell you. Let's see. Mm, Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong year. I was like, no, that's not right. Um, I remember you being very pessimistic and I got mad at you at a dinner. Dory's embryo transfer, August 6th. We had been in Vegas that weekend. For the Star Trek convention? For the Star Trek convention and your birthday. Yeah. And then I had my embryo transfer on that Monday. I didn't, didn't, everyone, I didn't drag Dory to a Star Trek convention, anyone listening. I was hosting some panels. (laughs) I did not drag Dory to a Star Trek convention for my birthday. My transfer was at 1 p.m. Mm Mm-hmm. And then my parents were here at the following weekend. And I remember we went that to. That was where I, I got mad you at you. got so mad at for me. For you being such a pessimist. Yeah. And I told you that this one was going to work. Yep. And it did. You're welcome. And it did. And then I found out on the following Wednesday, the 15th, that it was, that I was, that it was, I was pregnant because the next day i flew to new york for what for the um that retreat thing i kate and i did a workshop at oh and what was so crazy about that too was i had taken i did my um beta a day early because i was flying Mm. so we were like oh it might be low and then it was like super high because henry was like i'm here and i'm not leaving your womb yep I like it here. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Go away. He started saying. Stay here. Go away. <laughs> Go. I'm like, go to where? Here. Like, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, Dina, go outside. <laughs> yeah. So that's been fun. Um. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of opinions. Can't wait to have him tell me to leave a different house while we are on vacation. <laughs> he, when I, we had to go to Target this morning and I put him in the car. He said, mm, what, what Henry do when you're 12? 
Uh, and I was like, I don't know, bud. What do you like? What do you think you'll want to do? And he goes, mm, You still go in Mama's car? <laughs> and I said, Well, yeah, you'll probably still go in my car. You probably won't be in this car seat, though. And then we got into an extended discussion of booster seats. Yeah. Which I was trying to explain the concept to him. And he was like, What? <laughs> you should have said they're like your vacation seat. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're the the boosters that don't have a back are not even like his vacation seat. So that must be very confusing to him. Um, so, all right, well, let's take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we, uh, of course have some emails from all of we you. Hope you're all doing as well as we obviously are. <laughs> all right. Be right back. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it, we do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like, you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. 
Head over to bombus.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. And we're back. We're ready to hear from anonymous folks. Right yeah, we have in. a lot of people want to be anonymous this week. I get it. I wouldn't want to be a known listener of this. Well, I I hear that, but like, uh, I would say fifty percent of our listeners are named either Kate slash Katie, Aaron, or what are some other big names? Jen. Jen. Should we just say everybody Ashley. pick one of the four Ashley. noun diplumes <laughs> yes. and go with it? Jen, Aaron, Katie, or Ashley. <laughs> just pick one. <laughs> All right. This first email is from Anonymous. Hi, Matt and Dory. I find myself wanting to document this moment by writing to you. When I was first deciding whether I wanted to try and conceive a baby in 2018, I discovered Excellent Adventure and listened to so many episodes. Then I conceived and had a baby without any interventions in 2019. Then the pandemic hit. And now, the morning after my first appointment with my new RE, I find myself experiencing probable secondary infertility after a miscarriage earlier this year and short cycles and suspected chemical pregnancies. Looks like low ovarian reserve, which makes more sense than why is my body so sensitive to prenatal vitamins? The feelings are big and confusing, but I wanted to write to you both and tell this community that I don't know how I got so lucky to know you and I've gotten so much background into what may be my journey ahead. It's been such a comfort to even know what the acronym RE stands for. It's been a comfort to have had the opportunity to listen to so many stories and questions and so many responses. And it's been a comfort to have you there waiting in my podcast feed. So thank you. Also, I don't live in Western Mass anymore, but my area code is still 413. And it's always made me so happy that the podcast and I share that. Also, I used to live in Los Angeles and I used to work in the entertainment industry and my husband still does. But somehow our television is the size of a large computer monitor, maybe Hmm. like 30 inches. That's all for now. I'll just be over here in New Jersey, furiously searching the Facebook group as all my results start to come in and keeping a running tally of my hot dog consumption three so far in 2022. Love, Anonymous. Uh, so is the TV size a thing now? Are people doing it? Or we just... got we got a couple. All right. Um, I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing this podcast. In the sense of, I don't think Dorian I would ever speak. Really carving out this time, you know. Just special. Wow. Okay. That's a so special. That's a that's an encouraging sign for it a relationship. Is. What happened? We wouldn't speak ever if we didn't have a podcast. Well, you know, because we'd be so busy with our other podcasts. Mm, I see. Well, how often do you talk to Kate? Kate. Yep. Spencer. Yep. I mean, we text like all day. Yep. How many days a week? Almost every day. And then, how often do you speak? verbally um on the podcast yeah how often is that three days a week i mean that's my point what is your point okay takes up all your time oh i see well you know what andy takes up more time we have longer podcasts and now you have like a gajillion episodes we do three a week unlike anybody else i know yeah but two of ours are are 35 minutes tops and one is like an hour tops 
So yours are all of yours are the length of one of ours. Correct. I see. So you're doing three times as You many. need to make your podcast longer. I don't think we do. I disagree. Okay. All right. Um, another anonymous writes... Hi, Matt and Dory. I've been a fan of your podcast since the beginning when my partner and I were starting our own IVF process. We have a four-year-old science kid. Now we're interested in transferring a mosaic embryo from the round of IVF that resulted in our daughter. Our clinic will transfer the mosaic embryo if it is deemed to be low mosaic through PGTA testing. Problem is we don't have that information. The original lab that did the PGTA PGS testing did not make the low high distinction at the time of testing. Our clinic would require us to re-biopsy our embryo with a new lab, they no longer test with the old lab to get a low slash high grade. This is a costly process at 5,100 for the one embryo. Still, it would be a lot less than another retrieval, which is why we're exploring this option first. My question to you is how did you get your retro mosaic test results for your mosaic embryos from past cycles? Did you have to re-biopsy the embryos? If so, did all of your embryos survive the process of the second biopsy? Sorry if you've already covered this. Anonymous, in 1,800 square feet in Northern Virginia, a handful of hot dogs this year. I'm from Western New York and grew up eating white pork and red hot dogs. Mm. Um, okay, answer your questions. They do not have to rebiopsy the embryos. From what I can tell, it sounds like they just like re-examine or re-analyze the original results that you got. And now they have like different classification systems. So things that used to be classified as abnormal are sometimes now classified as mosaic. Um, I also did not know how that happened. It sounds like you were not, you're, like you guys used a different um, genetic testing company than we did. The other option I would say is move your embryos to a clinic that will transfer them. Hmm. That's an interesting bit of uh, advice. I don't so, know how often that's done. I think it's done pretty often. I think especially now because there's starting to be more and more clinics that will transfer not just mosaics, but also completely abnormal embryos. And so other people at clinics that won't transfer them will sometimes transfer their embryos to these other clinics. Everybody wants their numbers to be good, right? That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Generally, it's generally just people want their numbers yeah. to be good. It's like when you watch a baseball game and you have three fly, you know, three fielders going for the same fly ball and then they call off the other guys because they all want their fielding percentage to go up. Mm. Which is why, you know, I think people, when people talk about like the stats and like the success rates, I kind of think they're bullshit because like you don't know what patients they're turning away. Maybe we need advanced metrics in IVF as well as baseball. Mm, maybe. Like an ERA plus. Um, so yeah. So no. And I specifically asked um, from this last, this most recent round of, of retro mosaics like they don't have to re-biopsy them right and she was like no 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 um so but your your clinic has our, our clinic had to request it but it didn't cost anything so i don't know maybe this is just like a weird different lab but good luck i hope you can get some answers and yeah look into moving your embryos um matt do you want to read this next one sure not anonymous 
It's from Catherine. My partner and I got more devastating IVF news on Mother's Day. For the second time, we had a retrieval cycle where, despite getting a decent number of eggs and having most fertilizing grow past day three, we got zero blastocysts. This is our fourth retrieval total. It's probably safe to say that the third retrieval yielded zero blastocysts as well. That round, we did a fresh day three transfer with only one viable embryo. So we can't say for sure, but it failed too. First time this happened, we got no good answers as to why the, we experienced such a total failure. We hoped it was an anomaly or a poor lab, and we changed clinics this round. We planned to do three retrievals for the price of two. Who knew some IVF clinics offer Black Friday deals all year round. Uh, with a new doctor, who is well known for his success rates, he felt fairly confident he could get us pregnant in three rounds with him, but it's beginning to feel like a fool's errand. Like you and Matt, my eggs are old, and my partner's sperm is dumb. Like DNA fragmentation over 50%, and getting called back for a second sample on a retrieval day. Dumb. Not sure what I'm asking here. I guess it's part of the blast failure signal. Has anyone experienced and solved this problem of failures to make blastocysts? What finally worked? What should I ask my doctor, other than what the fuck? Uh, or are we just crazy getting for thinking of continuing for two more rounds? Uh, if we can't get a, even a blastocyst, what are the odds we'd get past the PGS hurdle? I don't think donor eggs or embryos are on the table for us, but should we consider donor sperm? Testicle, testicular extraction? Different drug protocol? Duostim? Uh, in part, it's also a question about how you come to terms with the long IVF saga ending in childlessness. I remember reading a thanks for and thanks for waiting that you and Matt were almost there. Uh, have any of your listeners arrived there? Would they be? Uh, would they even still be listening? I don't think we're ready to give up, but the evidence is increasingly pointing to this kind of ending in the IVF chapter of our lives. It'd be nice to have some ways of framing it to be okay with fate when fate dumps us there, broken and drowning in IVF debt. Thanks for the, keeping the pod going and keeping me company on my walk to work every Monday morning. That's defeatedly Catherine in Toronto, a thousand square feet, two rescue dogs with issues, and a 39-inch TV. Okay. Um, we, we were always told by Dr. Beck that um, after day three, it was a sperm issue. I don't remember that, but sounds right so also your doctor felt confident that they could do it in three and this is only one in true and this doctor does like i'm assuming likes to collect data yeah you know like when we did the first transfer with dr beck that did not work uh she ended up changing Dory's protocol for the second one. And then that worked. So it was their fourth retrieval total. Um, I mean, I would, I would ask another thing that people have done is done half donor sperm and half um, partner sperm. 
and just like seeing what happens. And that that's like a kind of a good way to control for whether it is a sperm issue. Because if you're able to make blastocysts with donor sperm, but it's still not working with your partner's sperm, then like seems like you have some pretty good data that it's your partner's sperm. Now, this is a I think this is a big mental hurdle to get over. So, you know, it's not something to be kind of just taken lightly, but it it does to me, a non-doctor sound like it could be a sperm issue. So that's that's just one thing I would say. In terms of coming to terms with the long IVF saga ending and childlessness, yeah, this is really hard. I mean, you know, I I found as a blanket statement, and this is not, of course, not true totally across the board, but I did find that most of the child-free communities that I found online were child-free by choice. And there's like a big difference between being child-free by choice and child-free not by choice. Um, And I do think it's important to try to find people who are kind of on the other side of it and just talk to them about how they sort of reconcile themselves to this. Um, And if, yeah, if any of our listeners who are still listening are child-free, not by choice, um, we'd love to hear from you. So, all right. Well, thank you for writing in. I'm sorry. This is like... I do remember thinking, oh, we'll just be dog parents. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wrote about in my book. Yeah. Um, And just... And looking back on that, you know... I think I'd be less tired. Probably. Because like Bo never asks what time he woke up to the minute. No, because he's usually still sleeping. That's very true. What <laughs> time you wake up? Six, five, zero. Why you wake up so early? Oh, he was because like I heard him this morning and I went in. I was like, ah, oh, I mean, I think he needs me. And he goes, Dita, help you blow your nose. And then I got the thing and I got the bulb and I, and he goes, what happened to your nose while you're sleeping? Oh, buddy. I'm like, you got stuffed up, pal. You want some medicine? Yeah. Loves medicine. Thinks it's the best. Asked for more. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay. I was looking, I was like, I know there's a subreddit. But it looked like there were a couple of subreddits that appeared to not be active anymore, including uh, True Child Free and Childless Not by Choice. But IF Child Free, so that's reddit.com slash r slash IF Child Free, which uh, is for child free living after infertility. This appears to be active. People are posting and. Um, this could be, I don't know, this could be a community. Watch out, though. But It is Reddit. Yeah, it is Reddit. This is the incel community. <laughs> uh, check it no. out. Check it out. I think uh, they're great. No. Anyway. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A couple ways we could go right now. We could take a break. I think we should take a break. Okay, that's the way we'll go. Yeah. I'll present my other option when we return from the break. All right, be right back. All right, I forgot what my other option was, but we're back. Hello. And uh, we've got another anonymous person writing in. Who's taking it? I'll take it. You don't seem jazzed about it. So. I'm not, that's not about jazzed about it. I just feel very, very exhausted, very tired. Mm. Okay. I don't know why. I went to bed so early last night. The night before that, I was in bed even earlier. Although my body does like clockwork, wake up at five. It wants to play. It does want to play golf. All right. This is again from Anonymous. Hi, Doreen Matt. I just heard the Forever 35 interview with Jessica Pinckney. Um, she is the executive director of Access Reproductive Justice, which helps. Um, it's a California based organization that helps women. Uh, get abortions who can who you know get access to abortions uh okay but this seemed like more more like an excellent adventure question have you heard anything about how the Roe decision and likely future restrictions by gop controlled state houses slash congress will affect stored embryos i have a five-year-old child by ivf that same process produced 16 additional embryos which we have kept stored since then at this point it is likely that we won't use them but i haven't been quite ready to let them go I'm worried that laws could change in the next year that would affect them. Will we not be able to destroy them in the future? Will they have to be implanted in someone, me, <laughs> someone else? This seems crazy, but so do many other scenarios that are actually being passed into law now. Well, I mean, it's just who you vote for, right? I live in PA, so I know that our current governor will block any legislation like this, but I realize that we are only one election away from our Republican legislature being able to pass whatever they like. Thank you for your thoughts or directions to any resources discussing this. P.S. I forget all the stats I'm supposed to report. 1,800 square foot house with two adults, one child, one dog. I eat a hot dog every month. Probably love them. And our TV is 55 inches, I think. But I always watch on my phone. Interesting. Hmm. Um, Anonymous, I do not think your fears are misguided. Um, there are bills that... So the things that we said... You know, that five, five years ago, it'd be like, that is bananas. Calm down. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Now it's like, no, that'll probably happen. Oh, okay. Um, You know, people let, like states wanting to define life as beginning at conception could have a real impact on frozen embryos. And um, I have seen <clears throat> people start to say, if you live in a state that is restricting abortion and you can, you have the means you should transfer your embryos to a, uh, another state. It'll be a fun, um, hide the ball under the three cup game where you're yeah. hiding your embryos from the government. Um, you know, some of the things that you, that you pointed to in addition to PGS testing, in addition to, um, making you know embryos forcing people to adopt out their embryos not 
destroy them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just like a lot of things that do not sound great to me. And I think that these are like very real possibilities. So I don't think it's like paranoid to consider these things. And I think if you live in a state where, you know, look, it's just the over indoctrinated and the under educated get together and pass some weird bullshit. It's, it's, it's real it, weird. It's not great. Real weird. It is not it's very great. annoying. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. This like whole idea of the separation of church and state was such a, you know, needed one that we've ignored. <sighs> yeah. Um, all right. We have a voice memo that I'm going to play. Are you ready? Um, yeah. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Irina calling from Denver. Uh, I've called in a few times before. Um, Thank you for the uh, toddler birthday party uh, advice a couple months ago. Um, But this time I'm calling with a question directly related to IVF and specifically surrogacy. So I have always thought that I would be a surrogate ever since I was, I mean, probably like 16 or so. it's something that I really wanted to do because, like, I'm bisexual myself and I have a lot of, like, gay friends um, who obviously can't, you know, have babies through the uh, non-science way. Um, so it's something that I've always been very passionate about. And now that I've had my own child and my husband and I definitely do not want a second, it's something that I've started to look into. And I actually got screened earlier, but I just found out that it's possible that I am not going to be able to do this due to having a gastric bypass from like January 2009, which obviously was a very long time ago. Um, And to be honest, I'm like pretty upset because it's something that I've always, you know, wanted to do very much, like wanted to help um, an LGBT couple have a baby in this way. And I'm kind of sad to find out that, you know, because I had this surgery like many years ago that, you know, this kind of like life goal might be crushed. Um, You know, it's not necessarily uh, for sure yet. I'm kind of waiting to hear back on my screening, but it, you know, it's kind of not looking good. So I wanted to kind of get your advice. Um, I don't know. I hope this isn't a rude question, but, you know, as someone who has my own child, but very much, wants to be able to help another couple have a child, I'm kind of crushed. Um, You know, I just always thought I would want to be a surrogate. And, you know, as someone who actually had a very easy, uncomplicated pregnancy and an extremely easy birth where my OB literally like opened my legs when I was 10 centimeters and was like, oh my God, you're going to be easy. Like she literally said that. And that I apparently was made for this. Um, Like I, you know, not to brag, but, you know, I had very, like, no issues, basically. um, Except this, like, forever ago history thing. So I just wanted to call in and and ask if you have any advice on dealing with, like, this kind of disappointment. Um, And also just, like, put out the call if any of your listeners are surrogates or, or... have a surrogate and if there's I don't know maybe like a workaround or um like another 
you know, place I can work with. Um, cause I, like, I really don't want this dream to be crushed. And I know that there's a shortage of surrogates right now. And, you know, I mean, I'm also 36, so I don't have a lot of time to wait, but yeah, it's just something that I really want to be able to do. And I'm sad to kind of hear this news and just kind of wondering if like, A, how to kind of deal with my weird sadness. Um, and B, like if there is anything I can do to, I don't know, convince someone to let me have their baby because I really want to be able to do that for someone else. Um, yeah, thanks. So, um, yeah, I live in Denver in a 1300 square house, uh, with a husband, a recently turned two-year-old, a nine-year-old border collie who still thinks he's a puppy, two cats, and, um, no hot dogs because we're vegetarian but um you know what matt i still like our veggie dogs and nope. do not understand the whole ketchup or i'm sorry the whole mustard situation i have always been a ketchup and occasionally relish henry's ketchup myself, so you know i get it take that for what it is all right but thanks mustard's the only way to go uh I mean, that's pretty, they're probably looking at a list of like things that might disqualify a person, and probably gastric bypass is probably on there, but not taking into account that you've had a successful pregnancy post to that. Yeah, that's that. That would be my thought. So too. I think once they get all the information, you'll probably be okay. Yeah. Follow up to that. There's always a turkey baster, you know. Just ask Ramekin queer. It's true. You could always do it, you know, the old-fashioned way. Except. It's not, she She doesn't want to have the, it's not oh, her genetic. Like the eggs, you want the whole, just the embryo, I see. Yeah, so. Scratch what I just said. That wouldn't work, but thank you, Dr. Myra. You're not welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love to hear from other, if anyone else has had you experience. Have anything to add? Um, with this, let us know. All right. Yes, no. This is from Monroe. Um, hello, Dorian Matt. I wanted to respond to the listener who asked about children growing up in a home with parents who sleep in separate beds. Although my parents do often sleep in the same bed, I remember so many nights where my mom, mostly, sometimes my dad, would sleep on the couch. It became more common over the years, almost sometimes it was due to fights. It was usually due to falling asleep on the couch and being too tired to get up. Sometimes my mom would go back into her room towards sunrise, but often she was there for the whole night. I sometimes would find it funny to come downstairs and see my mom on the couch still, but that is probably since that was seen as an other option to me rather than the primary. Although it did usually feel just as typical as when they did sleep in the same room. If kids grow up in a home where they always knew their parents sleep in separate rooms, it will be what they are used to. It is true they will see couples in the same bed in the media, or it can come up talking to their friends, but I think that it can be explained as just like some people sleep better on their sides versus their back. Some people sleep better with their partner or by themselves. Also, Matt, great advice on sleeping separately when sick. I remember when I was a COVID-19 case investigator in the first year of the pandemic, that was a recommendation that caught a few people off guard. Best Monroe in upstate New York. Really? You were like, whoa, I can't do that. What are you talking about? Doesn't that seem like common sense? Just saying. Well, look at our elected officials. That's true. That's true. All right. Our last email is from our pal Ron from Karen Crow, Louisiana, 
who says king of the kids that he paused the pod to write in and say since i don't really eat hot dogs that often i'll give you my tv stats <laughs> we have a 70 inch in the living room nice a 32 inch in three of the kids rooms gotcha. i.e six kids gotcha and a 24 inch dvd combo in the youngest kids room huh our bedroom has a Roku enhanced RCA projector that we project on the wall above our dresser to a size I would have to guess was between 45 and 55 inches. Uh-huh. We also have a Dream Arcade's four-person arcade machine with a 42-inch screen and huh. about 250 games installed that I can also watch streaming services on should I cool. choose. Hope all is well and hope I'm the first, though I doubt I am, to share my new TV stats since it's not like we go out and buy TVs like we would hot dogs. I don't think the stats will change that often, but it will be fun while it lasts. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Uh, and Ron is in 2,100 square feet, five bedrooms, three bathrooms, eight kids at home, one dog, down to five fish. Oh, dear. So long, fish. Hmm. Ron, thank you. Uh, you weren't the first, but you were certainly the most detailed. Indeed. And you might have the most TVs in the home of anyone who's written in. (sighs) Well, this brings us to the end of the show. About time to be hitting the old dusty trail. That's us. Saddle up that horse. The iron horse. Um, Yes, we're taking motorcycles. (laughs) It's going to be great. Uh, I mean, Henry's imaginary friends are probably taking motorcycles. No, they're in the car. That's right. But their bikes are in the trunk. Right. <laughs> Support right. us on Patreon, everybody. Uh, you know, that's what we do for a living. So <laughs> help us live. Uh, at the $5 level or above, you get your name right on the podcast each month. You also get the back catalog of episodes. And you can get up to two episodes every single month. Uh, which means there's, oh God, so many episodes for there's you to listen so to. There's so many episodes. Thank you to uh, Edwina Goodingham. Uh, Edwina Morgan Bodo. Uh, Elena Palling. Eleanor Powell. Elizabeth K. Elizabeth Kamani. Ellen F. Emily F. Emily Harden. Aaron. Aaron Gudge. Aaron Turley. Evelyn Evelyn. Frederick Roy, Dumb Riker and B4 Workplace Comedy Pitchman. <laughs> that is, uh, you probably changed it for Star Trek The Next Conversation. Uh-huh. And uh, you just, you got, it's, it's funny. You just have okay. to know, you know. All right. Uh, Freya, thank you. Gita Drury. Greta Truitt. Hilary Berry. Jackie G. Jane Ennis. Jen Brennan. Jenna Marie Nelson. Jennifer Sika. Jennifer H.S. Jennifer Steele. Jenny Fick. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks. Jessica Grigsby. Jessica Manilovich. Jesse Fisher. Jesse Labadee. Joan. Josephine W. Julia Schulenberg. 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 Julie McLaren. Julie Phillips. Kane McCall. Caitlin Donahue. Karen Thigurshi. Kat C. Catherine Lene. Catherine Shimmons. And I forgot Jessica is also a big, a big name. Yeah. Among our look, listeners. I'm just hoping to run into Oprah in Santa Barbara. That's all. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> trying to summon her <laughs> by saying names like she would. Oh, I see. And you get a car. Jess Branch. <laughs> uh, All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.